The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Love those dudes. Happy July. Happy 4th of July. Hope everybody had an outstanding holiday. I know as a former player, 4th of July was always mixed emotions, man. 4th of July was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm having beers. It's like, oh, man, three weeks from now, my you-know-what is grass. This is going to be terrible. Always mixed emotions this time of year. Never mixed emotions, however, when we bring on my buddy Drew Dinsick onto the show to talk a little NFL season win totals. You all know him on social media, at whale underscore capper. He's an analyst for NBC Sports Bet. He's got the Bet the Edge pod, the Deep Dive podcast. Drew, I remember before you even did media. Like, I remember when you were just like a, uh, a, a pro better that would come on shows every once in a while as a guest – now you're like a full-fledged media dude, huh? <laughs> it was it's been a weird journey. <laughs> I didn't never expect this. Um yeah, I used to have an anonymous account with a little whale logo and sh- shoot out my numbers and uh that was all fun and stuff, but uh yeah, the the bet as as this be- you know, betting space is becoming more and more accepted. Uh legalization spreading across the USA at an awesome rate, which is very very cool. Um, and uh, with that has come the demand for more, you know, more betting content and uh, more than happy to get involved. We're going to dive in with Drew into some of the NFL season win total bets he likes right now. You know, we, the rosters are pretty much set. We've had the offseason program has come and gone. Training camp's a few weeks away. So, you know, it's a good time to reset and to go over some of these, see where you're, what you're feeling, where you're at. I should mention, by the way, I don't think I even said this. My name is Ross Tucker, former NFL <laughs> offensive lineman. I think most of you know that, but Drew Whale Capper probably brings thousands of new listeners. So I'm Ross Tucker. I'm a former NFL offensive lineman. If you're checking us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can see the helmets behind me. The game balls, those are in fact real. I did wear those helmets and get those game balls. 
unlike Drew's background, which is that's like a fake background. Right? We talked about this before, right? Yeah, this is the aspirational cigar lounge that's going to go in the basement one of these days. But uh, I yeah. love it, though. Dude, I love it. Like I'm telling you, yes. when I see videos of you or I yes. see you, I'm oh, like, yeah, hanging out. I'm like, I got to have that guy in the show. That guy is rich. That guy knows things. I don't know how he has that as his background, but I got to get that guy on the show. So anyway, you can check me out at Ross Tucker NFL. My normal co-host, Steve Fezzik, is the man at Fezzik Sports, giving Steve the week off. You can, of course, check us out on social media at Ross Tucker Pod. That's the way you get the clips and know when the other shows are posted. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which will be five days a week, before you know with the season getting here, obviously the Fantasy Feast podcast, College Draft, and this here Even Money podcast. All right, Drew, let's start with this, okay? Yeah. Because you've been doing this a long time now. Mm-hmm. Season win totals. I just want to talk philosophy. Yeah. How many of them do you hit right when they come out? Yeah. How many, if any, do you hit this time of year? And how many do you do you wait until right before week one? Give me sort of you know, and I know you don't know exact, sure, but your 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 win total wisdom. Sure. So over my evolution as a player, my strategy has changed entirely. Back when I was first betting, I was almost exclusively betting NFL. And so for the duration of the offseason, you're just kind of sitting there like waiting for NFL to come back. Right. And when the win totals pop. It was like, uh, oh yes, let's get a little, little, little action. Let's get a little, little, uh, little money down. Let's go find some win totals that are off, and we'll put them in pocket. I would bet like maybe five, ten uh, over the balance of the month of July, just trying to get ahead of, um, you know, because there's a there is a big maturation of price during training camp when people are seeing reports and getting to like kind of digest. Oh yeah, that guy's gone. Whoa, we at him. Like, like just in general, like the the kind of digestion of all of everything that happens in the offseason, the changing of the coaches, the, you know, how good are the rookies looking? Like what role and responsibilities are we even giving the rookie? Like as you learn all that stuff, the market gets starts to get pretty sharp. And by the time you get to kickoff, I would say it's generally pretty fair. Like if you're like I wouldn't walk up to the window on labor day and expect that you're going to bet many edges in the nfl win total market it's just not really how it works um but i you know when i was mostly focused on the nfl i would play 510 win totals in the summer uh knowing that like you know i wasn't going to use that bankroll for anything else uh you know especially in a year where we don't have like world cup to watch in a year where you know they i'm not betting baseball uh you know there, there really was no um opportunity cost by locking up that bankroll now, you know, kind of I got to the point where I play a lot more NBA. I play some golf majors and I'm betting a lot of tennis throughout the summer. Uh, and so for those reasons, it's forced me to pivot a little bit to where I'm not really willing to lock up a lot of bankroll over the course of, the, you know, the month of July and August. Because if I can put that same, you know, those same dollars to work for me in other markets, uh, you know, then that that gives me an opportunity to kind of. Um, you know, build up my bankroll for the NFL. Uh, I will say, though, that there are for sure some prices in the win total markets that are, you know, are worth still putting some in your pocket this time of year. Um, and, uh, and But there's an interesting wrinkle, which is let's say that you have a, a, a good number for a team and it's way off market. I'll just use the Saints as an example. Saints win total is like eight. 
let's say you you put together your projections, you put you know you 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 grade the roster, you have a, a favorable grade on Jameis Winston coming into the season and the coaching staff coming into the season. They have a soft schedule. You come up with like a, a ten, right? And you're you're thinking, okay, well that is a big enough gap. There are kind of two ways you can attack that. One is you just play. Uh, you know, the win total standard, and then, you know, you ca- you get your one unit at the end of an entire six-month cycle, or you can go and attack some of the alternate win totals, which give you a little bit better payday. And I think in general, the uncertainty around the number itself is broader than the payday you get for taking some of the plus money stuff on some of the extreme stuff happening. Um, and then the other kind of important point is, if you're fair price for a team is two wins off of the market. Like in my example with the saints, you're going to have value to bet them week by week to start the season. And if you can get four bets down on that team before the market catches up and realizes that they're as good as they are, then, you know, that's, that's significantly better than you're going to do kind of dollars wise. If you go for a full 17 game season over six months. And so there is definitely at this point in my kind of progression, a lot more strategy about when to place, where to place. Uh, and then even when you have big edges, what do you do with them? Looking at the Saints on DraftKings right now, the over eight is minus 135. The under eight is plus 115. You were talking about that, Drew. Like it was a theoretical example, <laughs> but then the way you talked about Jameis and the coaching staff, I have a feeling that that wasn't necessarily a theoretical example. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I have a I have a pretty favorable grade on Jameis coming into the season. Um, I think what he showed you last year with a kind of a limited offensive, um, you know, set of skill position players around him was pretty impressive. Um, now he's coming off a major injury. And there are def- there's definitely uncertainty there. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Peyton has moved on, but you know you still have the rest of that infrastructure is exactly the same team. If, you know from the coaching standpoint, so it's not like he has to learn a new system on the fly. Um, and they've really done a decent job at upgrading that roster. I mean, you look across this uh, Saints roster right now, um, and people were kind of staring at them like, "Oh, they're they're in deep trouble. Um, they're going to lose all. You know, they have all these cap casualties. They're going to have to let all this talent walk out the door." And don't get me wrong, like Teron Arm said, that guy is awesome. Like he is going to be missed. They are going to have to come up with a way to replace his, uh, you know, his his ability to block. But at the same time, like the rest of that roster and the rest of that line really freaking good and i think you know you add a couple of weapons in the passing game michael thomas presumably back and available to contribute something this season uh i think in general that offense is going to look pretty darn good and they are in by far the weakest division in the foot in football in my opinion i think both the falcons and the panthers are you know in the bottom five of nfl organizations right now not just from a talent standpoint but just overall like the way that they are approaching their you know this particular season i think they're bottom five um and for whatever it's worth saints always got tom brady's number like that saints bucks matchup is never easy never like you you know you go down and look at wins losses you you do do the buck schedule like you get to the saints you think hard is this a win loss they're probably going to split those games um and you know i think there's enough talent existing on that Saints roster that if there's one team that could surprise in an otherwise pretty weak NFC, I think New Orleans has got to be in that conversation. So it's funny because I went on some station, I think it might have been Rich Eisen show. I can't remember what I went on. And I said, 
that the Saints think they're a lot better than everybody else does because, you know, just their moves for Tyron Matthew and sure. the trades with both the Eagles and Washington to get up and get Alave and Jarvis Landry. What I meant, though, is I feel like the Saints are behaving like a team that thinks that they're a title contender, which I don't believe. I'll believe that Jameis Winston plays three or four good playoff games in a row when I see I don't think they're actually a title contender. But I also – so Saints fans are all mad at me. But I think the eight is still a crazy <laughs> number. I mean, I had yeah. Emory Hunt on the college draft a couple weeks ago pointing out you know, it was it was Jameis's first season after LASIK. He only yep. threw three picks in seven games and was playing really well. And he's high on him. I'm surprised that their number is eight. That seems really light to me still. Yeah, and I, we agree. This is not a titles contender. <laughs> I, in fact, um, you know, best case scenario for guys like us who are in the betting space, the Saints are amazing. They steal the NFC South, and then we get a beautiful spot to fade them in Jameis Winston's first ever playoff game. That would be that would be <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would love 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 an opportunity to uh, to take a swing there. Um, but uh, no, realistically, I think um, the market you know the market has installed Tom Brady and the Buccaneers like they are sure fire going to win the NFC South. And while I don't disagree that that's the most likely outcome, I don't think it's a guarantee. And I think realistically, especially if you look at the Bucks schedule, their first four weeks are nasty, nasty start to the season. And if they kind of do what Tom Brady teams have done a lot in the past, kind of come into the season treating those first four weeks like an extended preseason, Saints come into the first four weeks and like are taking things very seriously and trying to sharpen, you know, get out to a decent start. Like we could, you know, look up in month of October and have some decent equity on Saints futures uh, to win the NFC South, and then that over eight wins looks like a bettable number to me. You know what else is awesome? Your shirt is amazing. Now, I don't know whether or not you got it at Express Clothing, but you should because that's what their shirts look like. Incredible! You can get statement shirts in bright colors, prints that pop, and lightweight fabrics. You can kick it old school with vintage-inspired polos made for modern living. No matter what you need, find something for every destination at Express, online, or in-store. All right, what else you got for me, Drew? Give me another team or two that that you're feeling. Maybe you got more than that. I don't know. But that you're feeling right now here in early July. Yeah, so the only other team in the NFC that I'm a little bullish on and this is starting to get a little too trendy. <laughs> so this is going to sound square probably. Can I, can I guess? Can <laughs> you I guess? can guess. Yeah, go for it. Eagles. It's not the Eagles. Oh, okay, the Eagles. okay. I like what the Eagles are doing, but I do not see what other people are seeing in terms of them making a playoff run. Um, that's that, that said, I think the Eagles have got enough talent and got enough draft capital in the future that they're going to be a, you know, like if you're buying like a long-term future on that franchise, like that, they're going to be a factor in the next three, five, four or five years. Sure. Um, but I'm not seeing enough talent, uh, particularly not seeing enough out of, uh, that offense, uh, and you know, secondary has huge holes. So I, I, I think the price on the Eagles is a little too optimistic. Um, but the Detroit lions, have put themselves together a decent little roster there. And what's funny about this is they've gone about this in a, a, a weird way. Like last year, they came into the draft. They, you know, they had shipped Stafford. 
They get they bring back Goff. Nobody's really excited about it. They go. They have all of this draft capital, and they just just load up the trenches, like just get big bodies, good you know elite talent in the first and second round with a lot of those picks. And they come into the season, and they absolutely bought into the Dan Campbell mentality in terms of the way that they approach playing the game. And it was surprising to watch. Like no one had it was low expectations for the Lions last year, but they played hard. But they didn't win games. And that actually set them up pretty well for more draft capital in this year's draft to go and that, you know get the next round of talent and you know kind of specifically focusing on an elite pass rusher in Hutchinson and an elite you know pass catcher in, in uh, James Williams, Jameson Williams. So I think they've gone about the team building um, kind of philosophy in an intelligent way, and they play a lot of home. You know, they play a lot of winnable games in this calendar, you know, on their schedule. Not a lot of travel. Um, not a lot of uh, you know negative spots for Jer- you know for Jason Goff in outdoor conditions where he's going to be tested with his uh, you know grip on the football and so I think the Lions can surprise some teams this year uh, particularly in an otherwise weak NFC now their win total is low like it's you know they're they're you know, part of my enthusiasm is based on what the market thinks about these guys I actually right? didn't think they'd even they're at six and a half. Yeah, on DraftKings, that's a little higher than I guess I thought they would be. I think um, it's been bet up. I yeah, think it opened around. My six. question for you, Drew. Yeah, I'm sure somebody does this analysis, right? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's somewhere. In my head, they lost like ten one-score games on the last play, and I, I know that's not the right yeah. number, yeah. but there's got to be some regression there where they're going to win their fair share. I mean, how many times is Dan Campbell, like, either, like, crying or, like, we're going to win? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like every yeah. game you're like, oh, my gosh, how did they not win that one again? Yeah, uh, the Justin Tucker million-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time expired. Uh, the, they, they, uh, the loss to um, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, where the Vikings drove the field in the final moments. Uh, they lost to the uh, they tied the Steelers in a game that they absolutely should have won. Oh. Uh, the Browns' loss was a heartbreaker. The second Bears' loss was a heartbreaker. They finally get their win against the Vikings the second time around. Um, but uh, your read on that is pretty close. There wasn't maybe there wasn't ten one score on the last possession, but there was a lot. And then overall, like you just kind of look at like. A team that performed the way that the Lions performed in terms of a you know kind of a Pythagorean wins expectation shouldn't have won three games. They should have won like six or seven. That team. And now they've added more talent. They've had another year to kind of continue to progress through the system. And I think you know I I, I think there is a path, especially the way that the schedule makers kind of gave them uh, a relatively soft landing here. Um, these guys can be in the mix for an nfc north title around thanksgiving which would be exciting like i you know how many years has it been since you watched the lions thanksgiving day game when it had some juice like it's been a while and it would be cool if that game like kind of means something especially because it's against the buffalo bills who i think are going to be absolutely awesome this year um and you know their run up to that bills game they get um they get dolphins packers bears giants 
And the Packers happen to be in an absolute nasty spot. Packers are playing like their third game in a row on the road. Like they are going to be, uh, you know, truly tested in that spot. And then they get Bears Giants where you got two offensive lines you should be able to pick on um, you know, with your new pass rushing weapons. So, you know, I think we can get to Thanksgiving and the Lions will be kind of in that like six, seven win range and people will be buzzing like this team. This team, they're bu- they're buying into the Dan Campbell mentality. Like they're they're surprising us. And like ultimately, do they end up doing much? Probably not. They may make a wild card, um, but I do think they make their win total. And actually, like I have made a couple of bets that like kind of swinging for the fences a little bit with these guys, right? Like there's if you have a team like the Lions that's expected to stink, but they surprise to the good, then that team is automatically in the conversation for coach of the year. Give some of the guys who like overperformed will give them a little shine. Yeah. Right. And so you have, you know, I think you have two bettable angles there that are maybe even better than, say, Lions to win the division, which is an okay price. Like that's a good price, but it's still tough. You're going to have to beat Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to be easy. Right. Um, but coach of the year, if the Lions win a wild card spot, you, you're telling me Dan Campbell's not going to be in the conversation. He's absolutely going to be at the top of the discussion. I think if the Lions finally make the playoffs, people want yeah. to vote for Dan Campbell. People want to. People, people are, want to root for Dan Campbell. They're caught up in it. I'm caught up in it. I love it. And so I think realistically, I think I bet that at 25 to one for him to be coach of the year. I think that's a bettable price. I'm, I haven't looked at the awards markets at DraftKings recently, but I'm sure it's still uh, a favorable number. Like, like in my opinion, like he should probably be the favorite. Like, frankly, like his team has the most upside, but currently the favorite is Brandon Staley. The Chargers are expected to be good. Why in the world is Staley the favorite for coach of the year? Uh, you know, and and uh, let's see, Dan Campbell, 20 to 1. Boy, is that what a what a what a high upside way that if the Lions surprise and are actually good, you know, you have a 20 to 1 in pocket and we get to cheer for Dan Campbell to win an award and everybody's, you know, you know, rowing the boat. Like that's a fun one. Um, the other one that really stands out is uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who is the favorite for defensive rookie of the year. Um, again, like look at the situation that he's in. They invested all of this money last year on big bodies for that defensive line for him to play next to. And then they bring in the specialist who's a pass rusher, guy who's, you know, who, who you know, clear elite talent in the draft. And oh by the way, he gets to play the Bears twice. So there's like what, and, 10 sacks. And, right and there. it also <laughs> goes with the narrative of the Lions and Dan Campbell and he's sure. from Michigan and playing in his home state and for sure. if he gets off to a good start, there will be a heck of a buzz for him as well. I love it. Make sure you're following this guy on social media at whale underscore capper. As you can tell, Drew is all over his stuff. Absolutely love anytime I can get him on the show here. Drew, terrific job. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, of course. Uh, and best of luck as you go through the rest of your preparations and uh, looking forward to listening and see uh, what all you and you and the other experts have to say. Sounds great, man. We'll even do more season win total stuff next week with another special guest here on the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.